Welcome back to the Tim Weichselbaum Show. This is episode 33. This is a very special episode because, if you haven't noticed, I'm sitting right next to my favorite Austin comedian in the whole world. Oh, man. Give it up for Ryan Joseph. How you doing Thank today, you. sir? Thank you. Favorite Austin comedian in the in whole the world, world? In the world. Yeah. I'm not a, I don't like to say I'm an Austin comedian. Well, I, I, that's, I mean, you are, you're just not allowed here. <laughs> I'm banned here. I'm stuck here and banned. But I'll get, here's why I consider you an awesome comic, because I'm not from here. Well, no, nobody is. You're from Chicago. But I was introduced to you as an Austin comic before I even fucking moved yeah. here. From the whole Kill Tony universe, somebody was a huge fan of Kill Tony that I met right before I moved. Matt, give it, I'll give him a shout out. He listens to this. Matthew Doyle Perez is the guy that introduced me to you. And I yeah. was, he kept fest, pestering me about it. Like, you got to check out this guy. Because you were going to move here and he was like, you got to check out this guy before you move here or something. I guess it was after. I don't know. I think actually technically it was after I already moved here that he told me about. I don't fucking remember. The point is, is I finally met the guy that he was a big, that he told me to check out. And I started stalking him. Yeah. And I just went to his shows. And you were like... In my closet it's not on one that day. Fucking weird. When I was making love to somebody, you were in my closet, just yeah. Like I, did, and I was like, "Hey, you're a cool guy." It's I not like, weird like your style. to stalk a comedian. No, if you're also that's how you make it. You have to stalk. Like that's what I did to Rogan. You know, I went inside his house and I like sat in the closet and watched him make love to his wife, and that's how I got to open for him. Is he good at that? It's sex. I mean, no. He well, he gets like pegs. Good at. He, he gets like... pegs. But they do it romantically. Yeah. It's like a romantic pegging. I don't want to picture him fucking, you know? Like, he's the godfather of comedy. No, he's not, dude. So it's disrespectful. He's not the godfather. He's the... Uh, he's, a, he's above he, the he is a pinnacle of success, but maybe not a pinnacle success of comedy. All right, who is the like, godfather? The legend... There's always a few legends of comedy, and it's not... Like, he's not one of them. I just mean he controls comedy. That's what I mean. He can't make or break your career. No. Really? Nobody can. Okay. But, like, but he um, definitely has quite a bit of influence. But he's, uh, I mean, once you start, like, going out and traveling to other states and stuff, you see that Austin isn't shit, you know? And there's just so many different places. Like, there's so many comics that get big that have never met Rogan, have nothing to do with him. You know what I mean? And, um... Like that's true, I guess. But Rogan, like I think of Bill Burr, Chris Rock, Chappelle, uh, as like the current uh, legends right now. Maybe I would have to think about a few others. But like they're those, all from different generations. Yeah, way b- many generations. Above yeah, a, before but, us. But they're all of Rogan's generation, though. Yeah. Yes. And they all will fizzle out soon. They didn't need him to get a career. But do I mean yeah? Of course, Bill Burr is his own entity. Yeah. Um, you're saying Austin is like tiny compared to well, okay. I'm not talking about Austin specifically, but doing getting the bump from Joe Rogan means you could play anywhere. Not really, though. If you think about it, because like there's people that um, he loves. You know, like it used to be more. It felt like when he was on YouTube, like if you were, if you were on the fucking Joe Rogan show. That shit was like you were famous the next I day. I think you're right. Yeah, it but did. now now that he's on Spotify, yeah, it's not the same. I you are think. correct on that. Yeah, I've seen people that have gone onto his show and they're not super famous worldwide anymore afterwards. And he has so many fucking guests. Yep. Yep. It doesn't even matter anymore. Like if he asked me to be on you're his right. podcast, I'd be like, "Fuck no," <laughs> you know. I'd be like, Go, "Whatever, I got shit to do, dude." You know what I mean? But you say yes to this one, so that that says something yeah. right there. This one is more power, more important to I'm you about art than JRE. No, but the thing about him is, it would still help if you did JRE tomorrow. You'd be headline in the next day. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think um, what makes you—you you already uh, are headline in clubs. But I am, but it's like you'd be taken. But to it's different theaters. But like with the draw, like I still struggle to like bring people in. Right. So and, that would help. Anything helps. Yeah. Usually when I say dark comedy, then people come in just for that aspect. Some people, like a very, very small amount of people know who I am. And it's usually from Kill Tony. And folks it's, do love dark comedy. They, cause it's, cause there is a market for, for anti 
cancel bullshit. Because if you're just being a comedian and you're just doing safe comedy, yeah. who gives a fuck? You know how you get big and you get a bunch of people through movies and TV? Like, that's how... If people know you from a movie, look at, um, mm. like, uh, what's the Chinese dude that was in uh, uh, The Hangover? Oh, yeah, Ken Jeong. Yeah, he'll sell out of place, even though he's not, like, a comic. Totally. Hangover is, a gr- such a, is like, one of the most successful com- yeah. comedies of all time. That's why I want to do, like, acting. Dude, who was I just thinking of from that movie? Yeah, and also... Uh, Brody Stevens was in it for like two seconds yeah. and he would not that like was one of his credits one of his huge credits yeah but he still wouldn't sell what office. else who was I thinking of that was in like so. a big oh yeah The Office Craig Robinson yeah he get, has that office fame yeah, yeah he wasn't the, wait the black dude the black dude he yeah. had a small recurring role that's how you I mean how do you think Rowan got big from other well from TV and not that's as how people, big as he was. But that's how he, he is. Yeah, but that's how he like started. Like cause he was. That's how he got a career. That's how he got a career, and he was the guy from Fear Factor, and then he got a podcast. So he was kind of like a name. People knew that name, and then it was more accepted. Did so he do like Tonight Show? I don't remember if he did or not. But that's also a big way to that a lot of older gener the previous. Yeah, it's just changed so much now, and I wonder all the time. I feel like you know. I don't know how it's going to happen, and I've been quite depressed actually lately. Thinking that welcome like, to the pod. Hey, this is yeah. a very depressive podcast. We we yeah. are pro. We're advocates. I don't know how. Uh, what's the point of doing comedy anymore, or whatever? I mean, there's like people that like it, and I'm just like, so what? I'm broke, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, stand up as a as an art form is kind of like a weird. It's so like nobody gets it, and the people that do, there's like ten ten of them in the whole world. I put my heart into it, and I put and I have put, been putting my heart into it and grinding so hard for you know years, um, and and it's like, uh, and I've seen some, and it's always up and down. You know, one minute, yeah, I've opened for Rogan, and that was pretty cool when he. He said, you want to open for me, you mm-hmm. know, and that those th- few days where I opened for him two days in a row, like the day before I did it and then two days, that was a high. And then what happens? You just go home to your apartment and you're still yep. the same dude, you know, and it's, um, and you're back to who you are. It didn't change much. I mean, it gave me a credit, I guess, but uh, my credits are, I've been banned from the Creek and the cave and the Vulcan, you know, I kind of like, I say that it shows People are like, what do you want me to say before you bring up? Uh, he's been banned everywhere in Austin because. And that's part of the appeal. That's, that's part, part of the, of the draw. I'm dangerous. Yeah. Even though I haven't done anything besides supposedly hack. Well, you haven't done anything. That's the bottom. The point is, you haven't done anything except for say words. I haven't gotten accused of public. anything cool, like rape or anything. You know? That Might is, as well, like, get banned from that. <laughs> That would be a cooler intro. <laughs> this guy has been. Yep, if you see this guy on the news and the local. He's raped a thousand people. Welcome, Crystalia. And Crystalia is welcome in the creek. I'm not because I supposedly. Crystalia is barely welcome anywhere. It's just amazing that he. The only reason he gets allowed to go up still is because of his influence, because he has followers. He, he sells tickets. Dude, in the end. That's all this is. That's all it is. That's all it is. Even Tony Inchcliffe told me that. And David Lucas, it's all about butts in the seats. There's there's no such thing as cancellation, really. You comedy really clubs canceled. owners are the scummiest business yeah. people. All they're doing is selling alcohol to whoever wants it on any given day. They don't will give a fuck who's they on will stage. Bend, yeah, they'll bend their principles. They I don't have any principles. Their principles. I mean, some do. I'm not saying like all of them, but like it's a no, pretty scummy. It's nightclub. There, yeah, there are some really I, actually some of the coolest people I've met have been managers of, of course, comedy there's clubs. Some cool ones, but like, um, but the industry in general, they don't care about anything besides what sells, and it's always been like that, right? And so, um, and then the performers, entertainers, they just get into what sells rather than their art, and um, and I've always struggled, kind of like not wanting to do that. I've always been someone that I don't like this band if everyone else likes it, you know. I don't like this. Like I've always wanted to just you know, but really I am nothing special. No one is. 
You are something special. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. If you continue to put out good content on the internet, you will develop a bigger and bigger following. Yeah, that's what long, Rogan did. But they, how long they, does it take, though? Rogan got famous because of the internet. It's not because of some sitcom. Not because of some fucking producer saying, "Okay, you could be in this sitcom." That's not it. Mitzi Shore helped him a little bit with confidence, like in terms of whatever. Then banned him. Yeah, yeah. she's a gatekeeper. She you know, he was banned from the comedy store. Yeah, no, yeah, it took him many I, years to get banned. The manager of the improv of the Hollywood Improv told me she remembers that day that he that he was banned and he just walked up and he was like nobody then and he just walked up there in the green like a little puppy and he was like do you think i could get some stage time and he was like shocked when she said yeah right you know like everyone comes from i bet he was going through a crisis like this you know where you just felt like everything was over yeah, he doesn't talk about that too much he doesn't really go tread through that because he just talks about the comedy store and positive he only well, paints it as a positive place yeah not well, really he talks about how it was bad in the 90s or whatever yeah, and it came back to life. Yeah, it came back to life because Adam Ega was able to yeah. like run a good business. But um, it just, uh, but I hear that's dying now. Well, of course, it's going through another patch of yeah, low. Yeah, because of COVID and all that, and the PC and the LA as a whole, New York, LA, any fucking big city that's blue, and we're in one kind of. We're in a fucking blue fuckhole. Yep. But we're not really. We're outside. We're in the outskirts. I don't live in Austin. I'm proudly not an Austinite. I'm a Texan. Are you a Texan? I'm a fucking Texan. Have I you drive. got your license yet? Dude, fuck yeah. I got a Texas driver's I, license, I saw my plates. I yeah. got a weapon on me at all times. I cut people off. It's so crazy that you have to like, um, you, you, have, you can carry a weapon anywhere with no license, but it has to be out. <laughs> Well, but I was talking to a guy at a gun shop. They I changed went, it. I went to a range, and the guy's like, "Everybody's got their own interpretation of <laughs> what that law really means." No, I did take the online uh, permit, whatever concealed. They call it license to carry. Yeah, and I do know the laws, and they did change it recently, where you, you could have concealed. Okay. Without a permit, it's what? fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I need to get another one. So you don't even really need to even take the online course, or you should. You should know the laws. You can't just like fucking point your gun at people. Well, yeah, <laughs> and you should, but you should know how to handle one. The guy that taught me how to use a gun was um, ex marine, and he. Um, yeah, you should know how to handle one. Yeah, sure. he taught me how to shoot and everything, and and I didn't even want to be around guns or anything because they're I was, scary. They were, and I was I respect afraid. them. I'm afraid of the gun that I have. Yeah, I well, I went, I went through such a depressive period that I pawned my gun just to get it away from me. And I, that's what I would, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I feel scared just sleeping right next to mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I never did, though. It's, it, it was always like, yeah, it's just like a kitchen appliance. Just, well, if you respect it and know how to use it, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. It's, like, it's not going to randomly go off. Well, I, yeah. But you have to always treat it like it's loaded. Yeah. People that don't respect guns are fucking assholes. Yeah. They make it bad for the rest of us. Yeah. People, I have to make sure my Grubhub order. Oh, you got Grubhub coming. coming. Okay. It's on the way. Oh, boy. I might have to pause the episode. No, We're only no, 13 minutes it, in. Keep it going. Keep it going. We better not. Yeah. No, they'll be here. I love to keep the flow going. It says between 609 and 640. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, I was, like, afraid of guns and then, like, in California, I was in West Hollywood, and uh, um, they uh, uh, the riot started right, and and, uh, and um, they were burning down buildings and shit, dude. And they were, and the cops were being defunded. And I remember the helicopters above me, and they're all going to the riots. And I realized I was like, I have no protection. I was like, yeah. cops aren't going to do shit. Dude, right so now. many liberals became gun owners. You're not a liberal. Oh yeah, I went to a gun shop and there was like some lady outside, a Karen. That's why whatever. the ammo She's prices like, went Do you up. think that they have Glocks in here? I'd like to get a Glock. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the most basic entry level gun. I mean, we get a Glock. I don't Fuck like that. them, dude. They, 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 they they're ugly. Jam, they jam. They're boxy. They're not a sexy to me. I have a sexy. I have a pistol that hit, the same one that Hitler used to blow his brains out. That's very sexy. Also, just happens to be a very sexy gun. Germans know what they're doing aesthetically. Yeah. Who else is an aesthetically pleasing race of people that are good at that? Well, in terms anyway, of like, I didn't mean to bring that up. In terms of machinery, Germans. Um, Germans are a top level at engineering. Yeah. Obviously. Swedish. I love German. I don't have a German car. I have a Japanese car, but they're second. 
They yeah. come in second place in engine in just aesthetics. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, they, Americans build their cars to break down, yeah. so you have to get a new one. But the Japanese made that. That's why I got a Civic. Dude, I love Japanese cars, or at least the one I have. Yeah. I can't believe that guy hit my fucking car. Oh, yeah. You have a Honda. That's right. Dude, I've had someone... Uh, rear end my car and didn't really make a mark. It was just Dude, something you like you got t-boned up the wazoo. Yeah, I was driving, and some kid just pulls in, and he, and he had this look on his face where it was like, "Oh, this is bad," so I'm gonna get out of here. And he just backs up, so he just goes mm, and drives off. Fucking people can't drive. And I was like, "No, he and, like he just fucking left, but his fucking driver's license plate was knocked off right on front." Right. And, yeah, the co- and, it, and I call the cops, right? And I think uh, the police has been defunded here. Yeah. Most. So they're like, yeah, we won't be there, but do you have the internet? And I was like, yeah. And and like, and they asked, like, are you injured? I'm like, no. But like, how are you going to know if fucking adrenaline shooting down your fucking body? Like, you, you, your arm could be off and you won't even feel it. And um, yeah, my back was all fucked up the next day. But anyways, um. I wanted to kill him, and I I want to still kill him. I've been thinking about finding finding him still every day. I look up his name. I got his name from the insurance company. It's not that hard. They're, to they're not supposed to give it to me, and they're like, "Yeah, his name is blah blah." I mean, that's what insurance is for. I mean, but yeah, it happens. There's uninsured fucking motorists. That's why I get, I, you got to have good insurance driving. I mean, you know, it sucks. People don't know how to drive here. Yeah. But I do, when I first saw your car, lime, the fucking lime green paint job, I was like, that's perfect for your, I hated your it person. at first, dude. No, I love it. It's like a lime green Honda Civic, and it's like, kind of like, I call it the fast and the bi-curious, mm-hmm. you know? Because it just seemed like one of those fast and the furious cars, and I, and I bought it, because I just wanted a Honda Civic that had a stick shift and low miles, and it, and it was like a year old. And I bought it, and thank God I bought it because I didn't have a car forever in L.A. I would just take, like, an Uber everywhere. And um, and I had a sense, something in me was like, I should get a car. And then the pandemic happened, and thank God because I had a car because you couldn't go anywhere. That's your first car? No, no, no. Okay. I just I sold my car before I moved to L.A. Yeah. I had a car before that. But um, I always like muscle cars and shit, like Pontiacs, like Firebirds and Camaros and shit like that. Um, but I finally, I was like, I want to like a new car. I want a car that I'll pay a fucking payment every month just so I don't have to fuck with it and like worry about it. And so, but when someone fucks with your car like that and then just drives off, they should be like castrated in the middle of the street. Yeah. I know it's bound to, it's going to happen to me. Eventually I'll get into an accident where it's not my fault. Cause it's just, if as careful as you could be the most careful driver and then some other asshole just veers into your lane or some shit or runs a stoplight. Well, apparently a lot of like illegal Fuck. people do that here. I don't even know. Yeah, fine. It's probably true that they're really sure some of them, but even the ones that are the Texan drivers are the most entitled, arrogant people. They just go, fuck you. I, you're not going fast enough. They try to pass yeah. you. So I speed up. Austin's so small. Austin is so small. It's, is it? It's, it's a big city geographically. Like it takes up a lot of area. Back to you, what I, you only go to the same spots over and over. So you yeah. it so it feels small. Yeah. Yeah. Just sixth street. When fuck. did you move here? Uh, almost a year ago. Okay, what have you been doing this up until now? Staying inside a lot because I have because I've been like I have agoraphobia. Do I've been really? running my business. Yeah. What are you afraid of? People like just confrontation. Like what are you people like being happen? judged for what? For being white. It's Texas. Yeah, that's why I moved here. It's fucking. Oh, it's wait. not that bad. You're right. It's not oh, that bad. So had, but were, to be wait, honest, were you living like downtown to Chicago? Be, Nah, just north side of Chicago. Was there a, so, was it yeah. true, like like a lot of like uh, violence and shit? Not in my on? neighborhood. There was robbings, a lot of burglars. Yeah, like people broke into place my where I lived. Where I the, didn't get robbed. What are the gun laws like in Chicago? Terrible. It's a pain. Up. It's a pain in the ass. It's just a long waiting process. I heard you can't even get a gun in fucking New York. I don't know. If, yeah, I assume it's even harder there. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, not, I'm fine with some gun control laws. Like, I don't think anybody should just be able to have a fucking if they're like a felon, if they're mentally ill. Mm. So, I, you know, it's kind of, I'm pretty open minded to debate this type of shit. I don't know though, because I remember it's scary that you could just buy a gun here. Yeah, maybe. when I wanted to get a gun, I was getting my little pistol. It was like a 
SIG P235. And then there was these two 18-year-old kids next to me, and they were just getting this M16 souped up. And I was like, it didn't feel right that they should be it's getting... It's crazy. They were, like, getting ramboed out and just being like, cool, let's go. I'm like, it, sh- it shouldn't be like that. It is that. crazy, especially the fact that you could just bring them fucking anywhere, almost. But you can't bring an M16 with you. Nah, yeah, not that. It's not open Texas carry. Texas doesn't even let you do that, You right? can't do open carry everywhere, but you could do concealed carry almost everywhere. Texas will let you conceal an M16? If it's concealable, if you could stick it in somewhere in your fucking body. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not rifles, but long guns. But uh, yeah. pistols, dude, there's very few places you can't bring it, and you could look it up. I look it up anytime I'm going somewhere new. Yeah. Like the Green Jay, I was going there. I was like, fuck, I got a 51% sign. That's so. I follow I, the law. I didn't see it, though. You said I saw it because I had a fucking gun on me. Yeah. So I fucking snuped, snuck it. Because I looked it up ahead of time, and it didn't come up on the Texas government website. Yeah. But if as long as it's a blue sign, that means concealed is legal. They might kick you out. They might not like it. Hmm. They might ask you to not. But legally standing, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Doing comedy with a gun makes you feel safe. Like with a gun on you on stage? Yeah. I'm trying to like get it countless times at this point. That must be feel weird. It feels weird, but also feels badass. Yeah. You just feel like, like hey. You better fucking laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never had to get mad enough to show it. Like if I'm bombing. Well, nowadays, it's probably a good idea. People are attacking It's people. fine. Yeah. It's, it, but obviously, it freaks people. It, it makes other people uncomfortable if they're like not used to it. When did you start comedy? 2012. 2012. Wow. You've been doing it a while. in the decade. In Chicago. And you've been doing yep. it every day? Pretty much. As, as much as possible. And it was all in Chicago? Yeah. A real city. I've been grinding. What is, what is the Chicago scene like? I've done like? thousands of sets. Um, it's great. It's still, it probably sucks now. That's why I left. I mean, it's more, it's very, that's why I left is because it became just a woke per Olympic test uh, contest. Who's the most yeah. woke comedian? I love uh, that though, because then you stick out more. I did stick out. Yeah, yeah. But when I started, it was not that. It was way better. It was like yeah. actually like people that I looked up to. It's like, oh, I got to be funny to impress this guy. And then I became funny, and then I said, well, okay, there's no one else to impress, so I'm yeah. bored. I, I got complacent. Yeah, So yeah. I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> Took a while. Why, yeah. So why, yeah, why did you decide to move down here? Same reasons everyone else did. Well, first of all, Texas is more free, to, free for real Americans that don't hate their country. Mm. You know, better laws, more open to business entrepreneur types, which I am. Elon, moving here. So I assume I assume that like Chicago was like sh- pretty much shut down when you moved here, right? Yeah, it was starting to open up, I guess, when I moved. Yeah, actually, it like, was. Did it shut? Because I was shocked when I first came here, like in January of last year. I was like, "Oh my god, you can go inside bars without a mask on." Yeah, I know. That's what do I you remember. That that's feeling? what prompted me to yeah. fucking. Well, I didn't know if I should do it yet, and I kept I kept coming back to do sets and everything, and I got in. I think right before all the other influx of like LA, New York comics came in and all the local bookers were sick of them. So I got to know everyone, I guess. But like, I remember when I finally decided to move down here, it was March. I was in a hotel. I'd just done like nine shows, which was incomprehensible. Like in LA, it's just so hard to get nine shows in a week. March of 21. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just like looked on the TV and this beautiful, beautiful man, in a fucking wheelchair, just strolled in the front. He's like, we're going to open this goddamn state. No more masks. Yep. 100% wide open. And then I knew I had to move here. Same. That's about when I first visited, February of 21. And I was yeah. like, fucking hey, this is the writing's on the wall. Yeah, yeah. And then traffic became how it came back to normal. I was like, fuck, never mind. Dude, it's not as good as I thought it was. They're but- <laughs> They're hiking my rent from like nine fifty to I like yeah. twelve fifty. This fucking city, yeah, it's beca- it's such a magnet still. Yeah, it's just too small though, and like yeah, there's why. not enough comedy clubs here, dude. The only com- oh, there's not even any comedy clubs here. One comedy club is like a drag queen, um, uh, bathhouse. The other <laughs> one is like a fucking uh, EMR, fucking uh, techno bar. Where everyone takes, they used to take roofies and fuck each other up the ass with glow sticks. 
and now they're like, that's where like Rogan and everyone goes to do their, it's like all, you know, industrial and, and, and that's the comedy club Vulcan, you know, and that's where you're trying to get a band from. It's yeah. good that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, fuck them. Give dude. them a shout I out. Don't even, I don't even care, dude. Like, um, I don't even care anymore. It's like, I, all I want to do is just make people laugh and happy. But that's like, all we're trying to do. That's why it's so fucking gay or whatever the word. Sorry, Bo Burnham. Yeah. He made fun of us. He made fun of people like us. Yeah. But anyway, sorry to say the word gay, but I have, it's just sorry. It's yeah. Bo Burnham called me out. Anyway, it just sucks that as a comedian, all we're trying to do is have fun on stage. And, and like, give to, dude, I remember being at the grocery store one time and this guy comes up to me. And I'm like, you know, checking out. Um, and he's like, hey, man, are you, uh, Ryan Joseph, you comedian. I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, you're so funny, man. I saw you at the creek and stuff. I was like, yeah, cool, thanks. I can't perform there. And he's like, what? Why? I was like, just because of like this politics. And he's like, man, like I don't even care about that. Like the audience yeah. doesn't care about that shit. We just want to see some comics. Yep. And like we always forget about the audience so much. Like we always think about who's mad at who. What did this person do to who? Oh my god. What about like giving the audience a good show? That's you know? the scene that gets and to you. I never failed to You're do letting that. Letting the I the never scene. failed to do that. Like I always See, performed and kept up where I had to be. I yeah. I, I mean, I moved here. You uprooted. You moved from one scene to the other, so you kind of know what it's like to leave a scene, I guess. But I've been doing the it. Scene was dead, dude. It was dead. See, I I came from a thriving scene. It was, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just trying to oh, grab. Okay. I'm like trying to grab. I came up. from a thriving scene, and I had to kind of. Even during the lockdowns. Sure. Even during the lockdowns, there was some things you could do, like outdoor shit. The real comics came out. That's how you could tell who was a real comic or not. Yeah. Some of them did online Zoom meetings. Yeah. But I did not, th- because that's not. Tell me stand-up. you did not do that. That's not stand up. That's a Zoom meeting. <laughs> I never did that. Well, in LA. Um uh, there was a friend of mine, and he was really like red pilled. And he had a he had opened up his place. He bought like, it was like a it used to be like an H and R building. You know, it had like popcorn ceilings. You know, like the little panels on the on the ceiling and stuff. And it just didn't look like it was a cl- club. But he bought it, and it, he called it Therapeutic Noise, and a, which was a weird name. But anyways, and he would have shows there. And then the whole thing happened out and they shut down everything and he refused to shut it down. And he was banned on Facebook, so I agreed to like put his flyers up on the LA comedy scene uh Facebook group page. And him and I, like I so therefore I was grouped into thinking that everyone thought I was running these shows. And everyone was attacking us, man. Comics were like reporting us. They're posting up the number to report us and shit. They were like, You're gonna kill everyone and um and then eventually, I guess he like, he shut it down because of money, I think, or I can't remember. But then there was one uh, guy that had a mic and it was secret, only the people he trusted and it was indoors. And every week I would hang out with probably like different, like 12, 15 guys. And that was my only uh, social, social outlet was hanging out with these dudes at night. And just telling jokes. And I would always have to write new jokes because I didn't want to say the same jokes in front of these guys. And we were the only ones that knew about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like a secret thing. And so there's like this respect um, uh, like for each other that like, you know, when the, all the fucking pieces of shit came out of their houses from jerking off on Zoom, mm-hmm. headlining Zoom shows. You know, and they're just like, oh, my God, it's so cool to be to comedy. It's like, where were you during the war? Where were you? You know, it was like that, that like feeling of like you weren't there. You weren't there in the bush or what, yeah. do, they, what do they call it? You weren't there where Charlie was getting us in the heat or I forgot. The- I mean, I don't blame them if they're fat. If they're like 300 pounds. OK, you could be afraid of it. Did you ever get COVID? Twice. I, twice. Fuck yeah. I took it in the fucking on the chin. How'd you get COVID twice? Because I fucking went to Texas, went to a comedy show, didn't wear a fucking mask. I guess you got a different strain. <laughs> I was asking for it. This Dude, was in February of 2021. I only got it when I... It don- was peaking. I donated my plasma. I donated my immune system. Maybe, yeah, you just... Everyone's different. Some people no, just don't notice that they have I, it. I think I have a great immune system. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I breastfed really late, you know. That's what I'm saying. like 12. 
Some people don't know if they have it or not. I knew I had. I had symptoms. Yeah. But big whoop. I got through it. No, it sucked. It was worth it. The it headache, sucked. The headache, the migraine was horrible. No, it did suck. Yeah. But I didn't feel that bad because, like, well, you know, the people that get it tend to be the people that actually go out and take risks. Yeah. And I do wasn't, shit with their labs. The whole time I wasn't like, oh, this is so horrible. We should shut down the world because of this. You know? Yeah, it was no, just I like I was sick. It didn't make me change my opinions on it. It just made me go like, yeah, that's what happens. Like, well, it, it would suck to die from it, obviously. But, like, yeah, freedom. You got to have business. You can't just shut down the uh, supply chain. Well, they know they can do that now, and they will do it again. That's the whole tyrannical power struggle. Well, that's what they do is um, because the— That's why the truckers are honking. The reptilian part of your brain is right here, and your frontal cortex is where you, like, make logical decisions— and if you kick in this part, like if you're running, if you're crossing the street and you see a car coming towards you, this part says move, get the fuck out of there. And you just go and you don't think about like the lot, you know, what, um, what it means to walk away from a car about to hit you. You know, you don't think. So they activate this. They say you're going to die if you outside. You'll do whatever they say. It's brain because mind control, yeah. And there's people that are influenced by mind viruses. That's what God Sod calls them. These mind viruses, like basically anything that comes from the radical left. It's like you got to believe in this or else you're a fucking scumbag. Yeah. You get lambasted, lampooned or whatever. Ousted is a good yeah. word for it. That's the word you use today. Yeah. Speaking of, I was going to say, like, the whole scene thing, since I came from a very thriving scene and I had to cut ties with, I haven't spoken to anybody from that fucking place since I left, because, uh, fuck them, we are the scene. Like, you can't be bogged down by what they're thinking, because they're just jealous bottom feeders that wish yeah. they had talent. If you're involved in the scene, and that's all you care about, like, you probably aren't very talented. Yeah. If you're a comic, you're your own scene. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you go is where the scene is. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to form connections that are way stronger than just, oh, he runs a show. I better be nice to him. Yeah. Fuck that type of relationship. Like we were there's saying. A, yeah. There's a lot sell of shitty, shitty comics that run shows that, yeah. that are just all about playing the game. Yep. They're pussies. They're trying to get successful that way. They're afraid of getting canceled from what, you cocksucker, from getting open mics? Getting canceled from their... Ooh. That's what, like, if they get canceled, it's fucking over for them because they can't count on their talent. They have nothing then to get canceled. <laughs> I couldn't give a fuck being canceled because it doesn't exist to me. It's like, I'm depressed that, like, I can't perform as much as I want. But life is depressing regardless. Like, life is of chaotic fucking place. People but like die. Finding, but finding stand-up... But, but stand-up was like... I, thing, I get it. Yeah, stand-up was the thing that like kind of made me feel like there was a point in but living. You walk around like you have this heaviness, like this heaviness of, oh, I'm canceled. Yeah. Dude, that means nothing. The fact that I'm talking to you, the fact that there's still people championing you and willing to work with you is all that matters because it's going to happen one way or the other well yeah you're going to get canceled if you're funny yeah this is how the world is right now we're in nazi germany kind of yeah i'm not so, so don't walk around with the heaviness i do it too i walk around yeah. with the heaviness but it doesn't come from external but, see, but i wasn't canceled for anything or i wasn't like kicked out of these clubs because i said any jokes or anything anything cool i was like i was kicked out for being accused of some bullshit that like, i didn't do so i it was know like it was, and it's it's that's the thing it's bullshit so, so you don't even have to worry about it but then it, it's like why do that maybe it's because they didn't like my jokes and stuff i don't know or they didn't like you know um people comics comics are some of the worst people i've ever met <laughs> and some of the best people right. i've ever met and there's a lot of jealousy that is involved that's the thing about comedy is the people attracted to it are some of the worst people and the ones that actually are meant to do it are the best people but they're few yeah. and far between there's people, one in a thousand people see a comedian on stage and it looks fucking bimbos yeah they want some of that sexy joe Ro Ooh, look at this sexy masculine guy on stage getting all the attention yeah. they want some of that glitz and glamour well they want to be like but uh, they're not funny uh what the fuck is her name? I don't even really know. Um, 
what are the famous they want to be like Nikki Glaser yeah or they want to be like the other girl with the weird fucking last name the other blonde they want that Amy they want that glory yeah but like they don't see the grind behind it and what they have to go through they, yeah they just see the dicks that they're gonna have to suck yeah. to get up there and that's no problem for them. It just, you know, and that's part of it. That's there's going to be these fucking roaches that infest the tunnels that we're trying to get navigate towards us, our, ourselves as Ninja Turtles. We're the yeah. real true Ninja Turtles. But like John Lennon said, you know, you showed me something. That you, mm-hmm. You're really into John Lennon. I'm into John Lennon. He's a good beater of women. But he said if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't hard to do, it wouldn't be worth doing. You know. So. I guess I'm not a big John Lennon fan. I never heard that quote. Yeah. What do I know? I yeah. Just, no. So if it wouldn't be hard to do, it wouldn't be worth doing. And it's um, it's true. It's like, you know, I don't know, like, to get where I'm at today, where I don't even feel like I'm at anywhere. It's so weird when you tell me. You never me, do. You never do. Yeah. I, I don't think so either. When you make it, you never feel like you make it. You never it. feel like you arrived. Yeah. I asked Rogan one time, why do you... Um, perform so much and why are you grinding so hard and why are you because he he does it like he's like this first time like making a special or something you know and he said and i was like you're the pinnacle of success he's like it's not about success bro it's not about success it's about getting better bro what kind of vitamins are you taking <laughs> you know and and the thing is it's like he probably doesn't feel like he is joe rogan but at the same time you know he gets police escorts and shit everywhere and stuff. I and mean, he so he he does act into the whole celebrity thing. He doesn't. I know that he loves being Joe Rogan. I could tell just by any time he gets on stage. Yeah. First thing he does is go like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I am. Yeah, but then he gets into the act. But he's, he's different though. He's different than he is off off stage and just talking. No, he's to him. see that's the thing about him. He's comp, He's not just a fucking douchebag like everybody wants to. You he to hangs believe. out with douchebags. He bags. actually is like a really but, in tune with you know psychedelia. Like he he he's humble and yeah. He needs, he's yeah. a deep thinker. Yeah, and he would like talk to open micers. You'd see him just like hanging out with open micers at the creek and stuff, and just and that never would have happened in L.A. You would never be able to, dude, I found myself sitting in the green room mm. next to Joe Rogan and, uh, Adam Eager, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, those two guys were so inaccessible in LA. Right. And, and it was like a weird dream. That's the beauty of Austin. If you could afford yeah. it, that's why I'm, people like me are coming here. Yeah. But it's probably it's a small it's town. Probably, it's becoming more and more. That that's the thing. It's not like that though. Now, like I think there's so many comics moving here. It's becoming so saturated, just like LA. No, it is. You're and, right. And there's so many shows going on. And You're it's, right. It's a great place, but like for me, I'm thinking I should move because if I'm banned from the two places that they do the most Dude, comedy, that's temporary. Like those places are temporary. Um, there's new clubs opening that are yeah. gonna overshadow those. Yeah. Cap City. So you you gotta get over this heaviness of like, oh, I've been canceled. It's temporary. You've gone through something, but it's something you're going to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got to keep forming real relationships with the comics. Like like Joe yeah. Rogan's whole thing is that he champions other comics. Well, yeah. He's a comics comic. He like, yeah, I'll put you on my podcast to help you out. I'll talk about you on my podcast. But he hasn't helped me out with being banned, you know? Well, okay. Just the like, yeah. But he doesn't know you that well. He would he would be your first person to do that if he knew you well enough. He knew me well. Well, yeah, you're right. He doesn't know me that well. I thought, you know, I don't know. He told me to if I ever need to like um, hit him up to like, you know, for advice on anything or whatever. Feel free. And then when I did, I think for oh. for a while I was getting replies to shit. But when I really needed help or something, I, I mean, yeah, advice. it's hard to be like, hey, Joe Rogan, can you please get me unbanned? It's like, hey, Joe, when am I going to be the co-host of your podcast? Just when you let me open for you, aren't I the co-host now? I get it, dude. I mean, it's not like he's, Just, he's, not like he's doing anything. He doesn't do anything. What do you mean? You know, he's not busy. He's not busy. <laughs> I know, no, I'm kidding. But like, he's the most busiest guy in the world, and he's got shit going on. And he's got, um, uh, where's my, and he's got people around him that are, goalies and shit to his fucking like 
How's it, is this car moving here? He's got goalies, people that keep him. They don't like people yeah. around him or something like that. Right. He's got an entourage. He's got a very powerful yeah entourage. Yeah. And um, but like. Which he should because he's small and he's vulnerable and people want to kick his ass. Some people want to be violent towards him. Yeah, I just the feel whole like COVID denying thing. I think it's really Ivermectin. cool. I think you're doing really good though, because like you want to kill Tony, you did good, and you're doing the secret shows, and that's cool, and that's what it's like. One of the coolest things to do in Austin. I've never been invited on the secret show whatsoever. I feel like they because you denied COVID in front of Red Band. Whatever, Red Band is just a dude that either he likes you or he doesn't. I think. But like when nah, I he's, he's last time I saw him, I was in the green room at William's show, and him and I were having a conversation. Like he was cool with me and everything. Yeah, he seems cool. He knows I'm here. He, he knows, called you a dumbass, big whoop. He knows I'm a well on stage. It's fine. Yeah, but but he meant, I, he meant it though. He yeah, was, yeah, he he's meant being it. a dumbass. No, do you know what that was though? Was they were afraid because Antones was run by a very PC guy. I mean, look what happened. Of course, in retrospect, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And also, he did, Red Band himself wore a mask religiously. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I, I get it. Hey, if you're afraid of it, fine. But I was upset with Tony, though, because I was like, Tony, you don't believe in any of this shit. Why are you fucking... He's a Trump me? supporter. I don't know why he's coming at me like that, you know? He's like, Darth Vader, dude. He comes after everybody. He's very... But, like, yeah, I know. He's the Sith Lord. I know, man. I just really wanted to be his friend, hang out. Who and, doesn't? Like, I wanted to, like... Do you really want to be his friend? I just, wanted to be yeah, his friend. wanted, yeah. Until I, I saw how he treated me right. and other people. But um, I still respect him, and I'll, I'll always be grateful to him for what he did for me. But he... I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, he's canceling that shit out, you know, but I feel like, like the only, the but best. I don't want my shit. I don't want anything from anybody. Yeah. I don't want to get big because of Rogan or because of Tony or anything. Right. Because then you're constantly fucking in, you're pulled into them. Like I want to be my own artist. I want to create my own shit. They like people that they can, uh, warp and mold into whatever they think is a good comedian or whatever. And they fucking, um, just so your success is just more success for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're, even if you get big being a regular and kill Tony or whatever, if you don't branch out like David Lucas did or does and, um, and really try to do your own thing, you're going to just waste. It's just like a waste because you're just there as long as someone else says you are. Damn right. You know, David Lucas is putting out content constantly. Like he's a workhorse. No, he's a monster. His YouTube channel gets a legitimate amount of followers, aside from Kill Tony followers. I didn't know if like he's a social commentator, David. I never thought like like so he's a workhorse. You know, I never, I never knew that he was such a great comic and entertainer until I saw him live do like a whole set. Same, yeah. I saw him open. I, right. I always thought you know he just had one joke or whatever on for his one minute, but like no, he crushes. But he he's like. Yeah, he's fucking amazing, dude. And he's been there and supported me and helped me a lot. And um, uh, and William has too, to a certain degree. Yeah. But um, no, William has as well. And um, so I don't know. I don't know, man. The, the trick is to be humble, right? And I'm not humble and I need to get more humble. Yeah. You're doing fine in that respect. You just got to keep going and don't make it your whole image don't make it your whole brand to just be like uh feel like a beaten down like you're beaten like a victim like which is true you kind of were a victim of some bullshit i get everybody is though i don't know i just think you just gotta keep hanging out just keep hanging out with the cool people where do i hang out they i could tell you where they go i'm not allowed to hang out you are as long as you show that you're still in it they know i'm still in it dude that's yeah, why fair enough they they see me go to the laugh factory and headline there they see me go to places right. that's yeah, why you're still in it that's why the guy from big laughs he changed his tune once he saw me on the marquee of the laugh factory it's like that's all they really respect is like i will never quit you know from what they try to do it's like never like my art means too much to me there's the, the who's they like the gatekeepers is one group 
the mean girls of comedy. And then there's the, the Rogan the clan. Kill, the, um, That's another they. There's many theys. Well, in this town... You know, I was on top of things, man. I was doing great here. And then, but that's what I was saying. There's highs and lows. When I first came here, yep. it was a high, I went up way top, you know, and I made friends with the wrong people. And, and Dude, that's a woman, and she kind of, her revenge um, knew, knew, knew no bounds, this one girl. Yeah. And, um, well, I'm the most red pilled anti feminist you'll ever meet or at least one of them i mean there's a big time there's a lot of fucking you know, you're a red pill a lot feminist. of alex jones fans yeah i'm an anti-feminist but I'm, a, I'm a milo yiannopoulos mm. type i interviewed him for i talked to him i got his phone number i can call him whatever i want call him now <laughs> he's a great guy hello tim what's up he's fucking i'm he's sucking a cock right now up. i'm just thinking Dude, he, he likes comics yeah that's why he talked to me i was like hey i'm a comic blah blah where'd blah. you meet him on the internet, I was I just telegrammed him. I was like, "Hey, I got a, It's a messenger app. I was just like, "Hey, brother, it's what all the cancel people use. Brother, get on it. Get up, speak my language. You got to start speaking my language. Yeah. You're in the canceled circle of comedians, my friend. Wait, or just you, you say brother when you're canceled, or brother? Sorry, I used the hard R. <laughs> no, no, no. Is that how you say it? you go, "Hey, brother"? And then they're like, "Oh, he's canceled too." Something like, yeah, you got to do the handshake. You got to do the secret handshake. You got to do the dog whistle. It was funny. I called, um, what's his name? Uh, Holtzman, Brian Holtzman, when I was. He's funny. When I was uh, canceled or whatever. He was champion. And, and he goes, and it was like he like pulled down a book from a shelf. He's like, what happened? All right, one second. He's like, he's like, all right, kid. The first thing you do, stop hanging out with crazy bitches. <laughs> Second step, you might need a geographic. You know what I mean? And he's like, have you been able to do what you did after you fucked up on Kill Tony and you still made it? You'd be able to go to New York, do it there. You know, you know bounds. I need to do a geographic. I was like, okay, Brian Holtzman, I'll just take all the money I have and move to New York right now, you know? But um, but he, just, he did say, he's like, they can't stop you. They can't stop the fact that you can write jokes. Yeah. You know? Damn right. And I cried. And I cried. That's a good point that's then a great and i cried on the phone to him really no oh. well I said, I said no that is beautiful though because that's true that's the one thing you that's the most valuable asset oh they rang the doorbell the hookers did they say did they're you say to, no contact you can get let it. me go get it keep talking i'll do a spiel do a spiel all right Ryan Joseph is getting his Grubhub order. I don't know what the fuck he got. Hopefully something that doesn't cause a disruption. I don't know. I don't eat that. I don't eat fucking shitty grub. Texas is a great place if you, to get fat. That's all I'm going to say on that. And uh, I'm lean. I'm on low-carb diets. I took mushrooms. I could just pause it, but actually, no. I like the raw, uncut. I've never edited this podcast, by the way. Don't pause it. I've never edited, yeah. I've yeah. never redacted a single word from this fucking I got thing. Subway. Oh, I got Subway. Okay, that's not that bad. Ah, shit. That's probably going to be a bad sound. We're going to eat on a fucking podcast? Whatever, we've been going No, through. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. We'll just it. do another 10 minutes or so. Yeah, so um, you take a lot of mushrooms. You're on mushrooms right now. Yeah, very low dose, and it's I already peaked. It's already kind of on the downswing. Okay, how but long it, does it, it last for you? Only like a couple hours, because I did it as a tea. I brew it as a mm. tea. It's called lemon tech, so it comes on very fast. Right. And it, but it's gentle. I know my dose. I'm very experienced in what, how much to take. But it made the conversation more interesting. I was like looking at you, like, look at this guy just sitting here. This guy fucking hates his life. <laughs> I'm trying to like make him feel better. I don't I'm hate, gonna... dude. I don't hate my life. Like <laughs> I've had, I, I've had a great life. Now it's over. No, but like, um, <laughs> I am pretty down right now, you, dude. You've only been doing comedy for like a couple of years. Uh, first time I went on stage was 2016. Yeah, fair. Okay, so you peaked only a year ago. Peaked, your so it's, your so it's over. supposed summit was only a year ago. That's so started. close to now. It hasn't even started yet. That's what I'm trying to say. But I don't. But I can't see. You only hit one little camel hump. But I can't can see hit. where it goes now. Like where does it go? Are you kidding me? You're in the best town for comedy. Okay. 
Still, you are. It hasn't even peaked yet. This town has barely even scratched the surface. Everybody's saying the same thing. It's like, I hope it gets better. I hope so, too. I don't know. Even I, the comics that aren't canceled or whatever are still complaining. They're like, Ugh, I hope it gets better. Yeah. All that really matters is I got advice when I was first starting out from a top, top headliner name brand comic. And she said, all that matters is you get so funny that they come to you, you know, become undeniable and no one hides a good comic. They come to you. So that's what I tell myself. That's why I'll do little shows around town. I'll do any show just because I want to get funnier and funnier and become to the point where it's like, you can't stop it. But like, um, sometimes though, when you feel like you are, you have great jokes and people are trying to like stop you. It's um, it's frustrating, you know. And um, but there's always a way around. There's always and there's always a silver lining in every bad thing. Because when I got canceled, that forced me to get out of Austin and go and do shows in New York and do shows in like different bigger clubs and see that I can headline big clubs and I don't need Austin. Damn right. You don't. But also, you don't have to leave either. You could just stay around until those other people fade away, which will happen. They will move away. Um, maybe. Possibly. If you're a true comic, you, you'll, time goes by. You're not just doing this for a hobby. You're doing it as a lifestyle. Yeah. You're not just a fucking bimbo or ethot yeah. trying to get Instagram followers. I have 15 Instagram followers, motherfucker. You only have and I feel great. Yeah, because I have a new account, uh, Timmy Gusto, whatever. I mean, I, I love it. I'm still, I get respect even with 15 followers. Like yeah. people go, "Oh, Timmy Gusto's up next." Yeah, I'm excited. I'm gonna watch. I love yeah. the feeling of people getting excited to that to watch you. That's rare to want to watch another comic. It's so I don't weird. Want to watch people, anybody? It's weird that people want to. They'll line up. I always look at people when they're like... I watch you. You're one of the rare exceptions. When people want to line up to come see a, com a comedy show and you see them outside in line... It's fucking like, awesome. Just to see some guy being like holding this thing, talking and stuff. They oh, want to see so that. so cool. It feels so cool, yeah, when you know that you could just walk in, just skip the line. Oh, yeah. It's a great feeling. It is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, the best feeling in the world is when you know you have a big show tonight yeah. and you're getting prepared and before you go to the show yeah that's the best feeling in the world i think the best feeling is after the show when you do well i don't know because then the relief is like oh it fucking then that's when the real dopamine hits or I, I whatever kinda, like, chemical i kind of come down after that oh really yeah. so you like the anticipate well that is dopamine then if you're anticipating the pleasure yeah. yeah i like the serotonin i like the after the show feeling i get depressed like afterwards. i just did well like i'm coming down off a big really high. yeah for me it, I, it lasts until the next day sometimes yeah. even longer just depending on how good it is yeah you really you don't get that no like, I rem really i remember going to the comedy store in the original room and crushing i crushed that night and i cried in my uber like it was just like a little couple tears just because it meant i knew, felt like it meant nothing i was, really? so, I was so melodramatic because hmm. it was like I was so new, but I was like doing really well, and I'm like, why aren't I? Why, why aren't I a regular? The, the truth of the matter is, is that I'm impatient, and I probably am entitled, and I'm not humble, and I have fear, and I'm selfish. That's the truth of the matter, and those are the enemies. You know, those are the principles. The principles I need to like work towards are um, selflessness and humility and faith and stuff like that and knowing that things will be okay and that but that's the hardest thing to to work for i mean they wouldn't call faith faith if it was easy to believe things were going to be okay you know and i get trapped down in these like worldly um uh feelings these emotions and stuff you know and i always so frustrated with myself that i can't like appreciate things as much as i would like to ever you never have no, that's that not true no like i just said like, yeah i i appreciate it like i was so when we did that show in planos i was like very appreciative of all the people that came i i get joy from um 
I've been watching like too much porn. I relapsed on porn, and that shit makes you depressed. I think because it's just like a big high. It's like, oh, what am I gonna see next? Yeah, you know, what am I gonna see next? That's like mini anticipation. It's so available. It's so it's easy. So to, to rela- you, relapse dude. on that. Yeah, and I'm an addict. Like, sure, I, I'm an addict. Yeah, I agree. I'm at the same pages with that. Anything that makes me feel good, I want to do it all the time. You know? Right, and when you have, don't have that, it's depressing as fuck. When it, well, uh, when you stop, there's nothing better though than stopping yourself. Like, I've gone like years or, or not years. I've gone months without no years without porn. And your life's better. You get more joy out of little things. Yeah. But, um, uh, and I've gone months without jerking off and shit. Same. And when you finally do not, it's it's like you get like multiple orgasms. It hurts almost. It hurts. Depends. Yeah. It hurts in a good way. Because the ducks are not being utilized. Yeah. It's like shit. Yeah. And it's just like, and then like. It's awesome. And then the girl you're making love with is just covered in like Ghostbuster slime. Yeah. And she looks like a monster coming out of the the lake and you're just like right it's beautiful now porn it definitely is bad for the brain it makes people into beta males it makes them yeah it's really it's really like oh it's a woman i better treat her a certain way or else she's not gonna yeah men in general are cucks these days they treat women on they put them on a pedestal yeah that is not healthy just because they're women just because they have a pussy because they're born with x Double X chromosomes, that's it? That's the only reason you're... No, they take shits just like you do. And if they were to be opened up, like I think the Dalai Lama said, if you like cut open up a, a woman, I've done it, no, no. <laughs> and it's, they just have a bunch of guts and nasty shit inside of them. Yeah. I mean, they look nicer and so they have softer voices and they are fun to touch or whatever. So the thing to do is to always, whenever you see a woman, is just imagine her like slit open from the navel to the chest. Jesus. And then you're respecting them more as people. Yeah. I guess that makes it, that's a great, it's a powerful. That's positive. Mental exercise. Yeah. I just, that's treating them the right way. I just, I don't know why I have a different trick. I don't know. I just go, I just get mad because I'm, because sh- I know they don't want to fuck me. Why? Because I'm short, because I'm invisible. Dude, you got to get rid of that mind frame or else you're fucking Joe Rogan short. Every girl wants to fuck him. Yeah, it doesn't bug me because I'm used to it, but it is true that they definitely look at me as like a tiny little fucking piece of shit. Like he's not in high your, value in your property. your mind, they think you do. But then they hit 35, and then they go all of a sudden, I'll take the... Dude. I'll take the steady, in, all you, you know. All you need is But I don't money, want them at that Money, point. Uh, status. Yeah. That's what your I sexual, have. Your sexual, your mar- sexual market value... Value is more dependent. It's way dependent on other things than your height. No, you're right. It's starting to, but yeah, you're right. But I know um, it's like, yeah, if a guy's tall, like they're all of a sudden they're like. I'm just Ooh. starting to see through the the bullshit. I just you, you form patterns. You start to recognize patterns. Yeah, women in their twenties get they could get whatever they want, and then they hit thirty, whatever they hit the wall, as it's called, and their value goes way. It plummets. Yeah, so and they, they don't up, want the chads, our, and our wallets go way up they realize life is more about reliability stability they want somebody that's not gonna fucking flake so yeah. then they come to the beta males with the apple watch fuck yeah the big house but i don't want them at that point yeah i i don't want somebody that's been with 40 men then just get rich as fuck dude and they'll you'll get i'll get tw- even you'll worse get gold diggers well yeah you're right yeah i mean well but the part it's a mindset i have to f- shake the you get a girl like your height or something. There's just like money is t- not going to make me immune to being gold to the shallow bitches. I have to be like Kevin Samuels. I have to be like these fresh fit motherfuckers. You'll like, find a girl hey. that's around your height that so you won't feel like that or something, and then like yeah, and then she'll think you're like you know you know whatever you want to hurt. I'm you're done like. with women. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to lecture other. Pe- I'm just trying to help out other people that are still under the influence. I'm over it. It's, I love being alone. I love the echoey man cave. Do you really? I mean, it's boring, <laughs> but like it's less problems. How come I came over here and it's like there was a, you had a gun to your head? I, I've never, yeah. I've never had that problem. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I no, I'm killing it. But yeah, yeah. Not really. Like if you, if you. I have other issues, but. Aren't yeah. like. I remember going for a spell without 
thinking or dating women or flirting with women or dating apps and I was happy. I'm over know? it. Yeah. And it is possible. It, it's a painful process to go out because, you know, I think it's a natural thing to want, um, of course, uh, a vagina, a spouse. Yeah. But I, um, monogamy. Yeah. But they're the ones who aren't for that anymore. That's the reason I'm receding from them. It's not me. It's them. They're the ones that are polyamorous. They treat women, men like disposable objects. Yeah. They don't want monogamy. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need to find like it's a eroded. You need to find a chick from like Vietnam. Absolutely. I was going to say <laughs> Southeast Asia. Like, I'm so happy. I'm exactly. Here. Don't let her learn English. Oh, uh, yeah. Hide that's the hilarious. pens and pencils. You're you know? so dead on. It's not so, even a if joke. If she, le- she learns English, then she can. You're run not away. even wrong. She at can all. like read the signs. I know they'll shit. eventually. Re- they get hip to it. They you really. <laughs> yeah, you don't want them to learn but, anything. Yeah, and make it feel like they are in still in a third world country in a way, like make them sleep on the floor and shit <laughs> when you're not having sex with them, just so they Dude, don't get too. You spoiled. get delusional. These American women are so anti-white man that you almost you believe it. It's like they're maybe white men are anti-man because they're told yeah. all they need is themselves but, and stuff, and then they get to a certain age and they're like, specifically, why am I single and why do I have all these cats? Yeah, up? it's not trendy to cha- to like white men t- either. Specifically, yeah. white men are very unhip right now, but not in other countries. Oh, not yeah. in Southeast Asia. Dude, if you go to Asia, they you're love a king. white men. Now. You're a king. If you go to Asia. Like, so, yeah, perspective is a big problem that yeah. is bad. It could hurt you. Yeah. Anyways. But we're killing it. Yeah, we're doing great. This was a great episode of my podcast. You're the second guest, first in-person guest I've ever had. Cool. And so, anyway, I'll let y'all get back to whatever you're doing. This has been episode 33 of the Tim Vikesabomb Show. Vikesabomb.